Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast. Gang, gang. (laughs) As always, our podcast (laughs) is sponsored by the lovely people at Establishment Coffee. So if you want 25% off your order and free shipping, all you have to do is go to establishmentcoffee.com.au and use the code 025. How is everyone? Is everybody as tired as I am after the weekend? I'm sweet. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm yeah. still trying I'm to still catch re- up. Recovering, <laughs> yes. It's it was a huge weekend. It was great. Mm. Big weekend, APL Nationals. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that soon. Oh, James. I didn't realise you were wearing your shoes. Yeah, yeah. I thought nice. I'd uh, thought I'd uh, make them a, a work pair now. Nice. <laughs> I got so many shoes, I need to start wearing them. I think that all the time. Yeah. And then I put them on and I'm like, these are going to be my new beaters. And then they'll really hurt my feet because I never wear them. So they're not stretched out. And then I put them away and don't wear them. <laughs> yeah. I wear the same, those Nike runners or like a pair of slides to work every day. I'm like, no, I've got too many shoes. I need to start wearing them. Yeah. So true. All right. But there's also that like, that kind of cooling off period where you're super precious about them. Mm. And then you start to see them get a bit beat up and then you don't give a fuck about them. And then you just mess them up. But do you know why I don't like wearing shoes as well? I don't like people saying, like pointing out you're wearing new shoes. Yeah. Does that make you feel funny too? I just, I just yeah, I don't really like talking about what's on my feet. Yeah, 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 me too. I kind of feel like it's it's a hobby and a collection that I have that I'm not actually that into. Yeah. Like I'm not a fanatic about it. And when people want to talk about it, I don't really have anything to say about it. It's the same when I had the Mustang. People wanted to talk to me about car stuff. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I and still I, can't believe you owned a Mustang. I really don't care. Like People would stop me at the lights and wind the window down and be like, oh, yeah, is that the SR13 exhaust system? Uh, I eventually just started going with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Speaking of cars, CJ, I, this, I notice every fucking BRZ now. Eh? Yes. Nice. Sigma mm. bars. Yeah, I love that you guys call it that Sigma bars. Yes, yep. So do I. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) All right, fam. What are you guys grateful for? CJ, what are you grateful for, brother? I said it last week, but I'm so grateful for my weighted blanket. (laughs) It is so cold right now. It's really cold at the moment. It's so freaking cold, and I love it. It's struggling to keep me warm, but it, it does the job. So, when you sleep with it, do you also have your fan on? No. No. So you just go natty with the blanket. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I'm still just sleeping with a sheet and the fan on, on level two as well. Yeah. I need yeah. the fan Is on. it not cold where you nah, guys are? No, my apartment's not cold. Oh, ever. I'm in Reedy Creek. So yeah, it's mm. like. Her house is her house cold. is like a casino. You know how casinos just have like the optimal temperature no matter what oh, time of the year okay. it is? Yeah. They don't want you to no. leave. You're not really aware of what's going on so, outside. So wait, is it is it warm because the building's making it warm? As in like they have climate control inside your apartment? No, I it's think just it's just warm. really well insulated. And because it faces east, it gets the sun all day. But in the summer, it doesn't get hot. So Even in um, even in a bedroom, you'll, you'll open the door and it's daylight outside. But yeah. it's fucking yeah. pitch black. Yeah. You know, like those blackout curtains? Yeah. Yeah. Where my bedroom at my house is fucking daylight 24-7. Yeah, that's what mine feels like too. Yeah, it's the pits. Can't make it black. Nah. Oh, I always really? sleep so much better in hotels with blackout curtains. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it, my place is... Like, if it's a cold night, the house will be cold all day. Yeah. It's the worst. Mm. <laughs> See, I like that. I like it. I do you get like any it. sun? I do like it. No, I, yeah, I do, but I don't know. It must just... 
insulate the cold. Yeah. Because <laughs> it stays cold even like midday. Because the breeze is so cold where I am as well. Yeah. Because sometimes I get sad. Sometimes I want to be cold. It's fun to like rug up and yeah. get under a doona and oh, stuff. It's always cold. Well, mm. this is the first time I've worn a hoodie. Yeah. No, actually, at, I haven't seen you in a hoodie time. this year. Yeah, I like it like this. I prefer this. Yeah. You know, I've never seen you in pants. Actually, no, that's a lie. No, what about like <laughs> reffing? Yeah, reffing. <laughs> yes, laugh it up. No, you look I love it. You At probably worlds. look like a jacked businessman because yeah. <laughs> you wear the polo. Yeah. And she's in- <laughs> you never yeah. realize it how jacked. You know, he's in a polo. Bro, <laughs> e- so even jacked. like um, Jordan Anderson, we see him here every week. Yeah. Until you go see him in the clinic and he's yeah. in like a fucking button up shirt and pants. You're like, holy fuck. This guy's massive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. Like even young Andre, when he comes in in his yeah. work get up, yeah. I'm like, damn, you've been going to the gym. Yeah. Like, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He looks like a used car salesman, Andre, when he comes in a while. That's, that's, that's what I think of every time. Order the place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's another one. He's actually quite jacked. Yeah. But we he see is, him. Uh, he's got a rip in his pants because they're getting too small for him. So nice. he's got to get new pants. Nice. Mm. Yeah. All right. Just on that, you're talking to pants. You know how powerlifters and people that go to gym in general, they love going on about how their quads don't fit into pants. Mm. Yeah. But then they all wear fucking skinny pants. Yeah. Mm. Bro, just wear a normal pair of pants. Yeah. Your legs will fit in them. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And then you see Josh Takua. He always wears skinny <laughs> pants. So it's like, no, yeah. if Josh Takua can, can find pants that fits. Well, no, because uh, Josh is probably in the same camp as me where the only pants you can wear are like the ultimate stretch fit ones. That's yeah. probably true. Yeah. Like you can't wear non-stretch material. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Um, Tom, bro, what are you grateful for? Uh, uh, probably uh, predictable, but I'm just grateful for the team, like for what we were able to accomplish on the weekend. And it's cool to see, you know, Jamie and Bridget, uh, Jamie and Bridget, Jamie and Lisa haven't been with us all that long. Like they've only been through one or two big comps and they weren't that heavily involved in in nationals and worlds last year and so having them a bit more involved in nationals having jessica who's brand new to it uh seeing them really blend into the team and help out as well and you know hearing them loving the team come together and a lot of us do, we don't get to see khan enough you know khan yeah. coming down and, and doing what khan does it's, it's just great to see like the the connection through zero even though we don't spend that much time with each other between the gyms uh, that's really nice. And so yeah. like the, just seeing the team come together and work together. And I think now that we've run a few of these big events, we collaborate a lot better. We communicate a lot better and everything was just a, even though it was tiring and exhausting and hard work, it was a lot more fun. I think it's always very rewarding, mm. very cup filling for sure. Mm. Yeah. It's always such a fun, it's, it's fun because everyone's in the trenches together. Yeah. So everyone's fucking ruined. Everyone's tired. Everyone's miserable. Everyone's grumpy, but we're all kind of doing it together. And it's so weird because we wouldn't want it any other way. Mm. Like me and Bridget, we're, we're talking about it, you know, getting home at 9.30 at night and fucking getting up at 4 a.m. But it's like, nah, I'd rather it be us than anybody else. Yeah. Like, Isn't it funny how we planned on training? We're like, oh, we'll train one night after the comp. Yeah. <laughs> Wishful <laughs> thinking. I did, I did as well on the Friday and Saturday. Oh, I'm man. like, yeah, I'll be able to sneak in a quick. Yeah. No way. Like we'll just duck to one of the Brizzy gyms. and It's what no we said. Yeah, we're like, yeah, nah, even though we'll be tired, but it'll make us feel so much better. We it's drop like, CJ off back here and then we're like, all right, if we go to bed right now, we'll <laughs> still get six hours sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those ones. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, I am grateful for, I always say this after comps, but I'm always grateful for getting to connect with people at competitions you don't get to see that often. 
um, and connections with like internet friends that you only know through Instagram. And then when you see them, it's really cool. So I'm really grateful for, yeah, just interaction. Mm-hmm. And all the friends that the sport's uh, given me, considering nice. I don't even powerlift. Yeah. Uh, mine's pretty much the same, just the powerlifting community in general. Mm. It's just really cool to see everybody, like James was saying, that you see online and they all come together. And there was a lot of new faces there, James was saying this year. Yep. Yeah, because he was saying that normally we see the same people, the same faces at every comp, but this year there was a lot of new faces. Yeah. That's awesome to see the federation growing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For grateful sure. for the community. Powerlifting's come so far in the mm. last five to six years. Eh? And I, I honestly think it's APL that's, uh, you know, shifted the direction that powerlifting's going in. Definitely. I th- I'd say we've played a big part in mm. it for sure. Uh, I sound so biased when I say that, but fuck, I'm like, man, APL is re- really is literally the fastest growing federation mm-hmm. no, in Australia. Mean, it's been purposeful. Mm. We, we don't want to do things the same as everyone else, and we want consistent progression. I was talking to, I was talking to a friend overseas who I'm trying to get on board as we sort of explore the idea of a world federation, and uh, he's heavily involved in in a couple of big companies, so IPF and uh, a couple of big companies around that. And it's really interesting to see how stagnant something as big and um, venerated as the IPF has actually been in terms of trying to progress the sport. So people will play the card of like, oh, yeah, but what about Sheffield? It's like Sheffield wasn't IPF. Sheffield was all SPD. That was 100% SPD money uh, that ran the show. And the people behind the scenes were mostly SPD. It just happened to have... Uh, because the association between SBD and IPF, it was an IPF competition. And so IPF wasn't responsible for driving that nearly as much as SBD. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, we can't do that anymore. We can't just do the same thing that we've always done in powerlifting because that's the reason why it's always been what it is. We have to innovate. We have to change things. We have to try and do things bigger and better. And it is hard because our only model of it is powerlifting. Uh, so while it does feel very much like powerlifting, because it fucking is, we have to continue to find ways to innovate, to, to make the sport better, to uh, do things a little bit different. Basically, the whole goal is to create commercial viability so companies will put money into powerlifting that aren't powerlifting companies. It's weird. And the, the only reason, because, um, <clears throat> you know, the IPF, they love saying no to things. They love having full control. The only reason Sheffield was, in my opinion, the only reason that happened is because SPD... They just leveraged, they've got so much pull, they've got so much leverage in the game. It's like, no, you can. You guys kind of have to say yes to this because we're the major sponsor. Mm. You say no to this, it's like they're just going to do it with someone else. Yeah, they bankrolled it, exactly. Mm. Uh, which is great. And like, th- this is no hate on IPF or anything like that. I'm not trying to drag IPF through the mud. I'm trying to say like, this is the reality of powerlifting is that no federation has really made tracks and in innovating. WRPF, when it started whenever it was, 2015, 16, whenever that was, internationally, like in, in Russia, was really trying to do that. They were really trying to innovate. They changed the rules. They tried to make their competitions fun and exciting. They had live bands and motorbikes and shows and all this sort of stuff. It was wild, and it's just kind of died. Like it's, uh, I don't actually know the story of where a WRPF is, is now, what they're doing over there, whether it's political stuff happening with Russia, Ukraine, whether it's just... The people that were running it aren't running it anymore. I don't actually know, uh, but yeah, they were they were trying to do it, and it, it needs more professional attention. And 
I guess that's what we're trying to do. And we're very young. We've got a long way to go. We've got a lot of work to do. We're very much still just another powerlifting fed, uh, but we're working to break away from that. Just like PTC Gold Coast and then Zero was just another powerlifting gym, and now we're, we've found the formula and, and broken away from that. That's what we want to do with APL. All right, I'll kick off the quotes. Life is like doing a cycle. I mean, life is like riding a bicycle. <laughs> to keep your balance, you must keep moving. Nice. <laughs> Kid, you got a quote? Um, <laughs> yeah, when you stop expecting people to be perfect, you can like them for who they are. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Relax, so CJ. <laughs> Oh my God. I, sli- is, I slipped up my words, <laughs> brother. <laughs> that happens to the best of us. Mine is progress has little to do with speed, but much to do with direction. And I feel like that that actually fits in with what we just spoke about. Mm. <laughs> Get, getting, getting bigger, getting better is about doing the little things really well, but consistently and over and over and over again. Nice. Um, <laughs> mine's from one of my favorite movie villains. Um, what did he say? You couldn't live with your own failure. And what did that bring you back to me? Ooh. And then is that Bane? It's Thanos. Ah. Uh. When Marvel peaked. Nice. Thanos. How good. Well, that's weird because Marvel, Marvel peaked like 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's when Thanos was the big bad. Do we have what? like a is pillow that, for Buddy's head or something? Because he <laughs> doesn't look very comfortable. It's, nah, right. the, yeah. <laughs> it's Avengers that old. The first Avengers was 2009. Hey. Yeah. 2009, far out. But Endgame was more recent, and that's sort of... It was like of, four yeah. or five years ago. Yeah, Endgame was four or five years ago. Yeah, jeez. Um, all right, so we're going to do an APL Nationals recap. It's going to go for quite a while. So I put up a question box just on Instagram not too long ago, and there are some... Uh, there are some some funny questions I want to get on onto first before we rant on forever about uh, APL uh, nationals. Sounds good. All right, so I got a few questions from Jay Holmaletti, aka Brick, from uh, Melbourne. Of course, he did. <laughs> Everyone loves him. He go first question he asks is I'm going to ask all his questions first. Are we going to get any of the Zero Crew down at Push Pull Run? Well, I can only speak for me. No, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. You might see me there. Whoa. Maybe. It just mean I'd have to, yeah. No, maybe. Wait, maybe. so they ran it on the weekend, right? Yeah, it looked sick. looked really cool. Who won? I'm not too sure because I don't know how they'd work out a formula to decide who wins. I thought they had figured out a formula. Oh, did they? I'm not sure. I remember that that was like the ongoing discussion on the podcast and I thought they worked it out. Oh. So is it going to be an annual thing? Well, they've already announced the second one, haven't they? Oh, really? Or maybe it's just... Jamie Smith doing Jamie Smith things and talking about everything all the time. <laughs> I yeah, I'm not too sure. It looked really cool though. So yeah, I'm not gonna rule. I'm not gonna rule it out of the picture. I might do it. Twenty twenty four. Gidge, would you do push pull run? Maybe I'll have to start running. <laughs> CJ, hell no. <laughs> push I'd, pull. I'd do pull pull pull. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pull squat pull. All right, this is another one from Jay Holmaletti. For Thomas and Bridget, top three favorite scenes from Lord of the Rings. One to one to three, and The Hobbit we don't count. Yeah, we don't count The Hobbit. Well, that's a bit discriminatory. It's <laughs> James and CJ. Um, <laughs> that's really tough. I like when Aragorn tells Frodo to leave with the ring, and the Urukai have just shown up, and there's that slow motion shot of Aragorn walking around, and he pulls his sword out, and then he starts fighting him. 
that's that's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? What else? What else? This is so hard. There's so many great scenes. Oh, the ride of the Rohirrim. That's number one, for sure. And mm, it's hard as it's hard as well because like some of the big scenes or like the the Battle of Helm's Deep isn't just one scene. Yeah, so so many. Yeah, the Battle of Helm's Deep is what makes the Two Towers my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna go with that, the Battle of Helm's Deep. Uh, What about you? I don't know. I'm probably gonna cop out of this one. Yeah, it's too hard. There's too many. All right, his next question. This is for CJ. What made you get into music and what made you start playing? Your guitar playing is elite. Oh, thanks, man. Um, It really isn't. (laughs) Do you follow uh, Jay Homolady? I don't think so. You need to because he rips rips on the guitar as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then you'd know that it's not elite. Um, What made me get into it? My mum, she... Uh, she knew that I always loved music growing up and always loved to, you know, jump around, dance to music as a kid. So she was like, you need to learn an instrument because you won't regret it when you're older. And it was, could not be more true. I'm so glad I, I, I learned it. But being Asian, she was like, you need to learn the piano. And none of the music I listened to at the time had piano in it. <laughs> and then, but I was really into like chili peppers and, you know, alternative rock. So... I was like, that's what I want to do and hit the drums. And then I got into that. And then all my uncles played guitars, all Filipino uncles do. So I picked that up just through that and through playing at church every week. But yeah, that's nice. how I did, did you it. Did you ever learn piano? No, uh, I, I, I learned like chords. Yeah. But I really like, I have no idea how to. Do you think you would? Uh, now? Yeah. yeah. Now I'd love to. So I wish good. I learned it. Now I wish I did. Yeah, same. Both my grandmothers played piano and they started mm. teaching me before we moved away, but I wish I had kept it up. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Bring, I'll have to bring the synth back in. Yeah. Yeah. You guys some lessons. Yeah. All right. Once I learn how to play. This is from the king, <laughs> T. Hardy. <laughs> Oof. What's each of your guys' greatest accomplish- accomplishment as an athlete and as a coach? <laughs> I'll go. Go. Athlete. One baby. <laughs> Equipped. <laughs> nice. I mean, I don't know if it's a very worthy accomplishment, but that's what I'm going to say. As a coach, again, this is a bit of a cop-out, but zero. Uh, however, like, having the first 300-kilo raw, raw bench by Coops, that was a pretty special moment for me as a coach. But so so was everything else, like... Uh, the biggest deadlift in Australia, the biggest total by a team, like so many big accomplishments that we've achieved through zero. But I think the 300 kilo raw bench was a huge one for me. That's cool. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> for me, my greatest sporting accomplishment as an athlete, I'm going to just say playing touch for New Zealand. I played touch for New Zealand when I was under 19s. Representing your country is pretty fucking cool. Mm. Um okay especially as in a sport that's so deep in New Zealand, Australia, like the talent pool is fucking crazy. So yeah, playing for New Zealand as a junior was insane. Um, and as a coach, uh, obviously things like having a lifter win overall mm. at a national level event and at a world level event, yeah. I think it's pretty fucking cool. I never thought I'd ever get to this point. But to be honest, I think the first time that when I really felt like a, a coach – 
or establish myself as a coach is when stronger people started asking me for advice or mm. coming to me for coaching. That was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say that. It's still super flattering. Mm. And like, yeah, it's stupid, still super flattering even for me when someone's willing to listen. It's weird. Yeah. It's um, it's it's even even with one of your lifters, Thomas, uh, Andrew Cooper, you know, asking me how to do some exercise and things mm. like that. I'm like, fuck, this is cool. This guy benches 312 kilos. Um, I've played a lot of sport in my life, but I don't have that many big achievements. But um, I don't know. I represented um, my town like when I was in high school, like at um, this like sprinting event. That was pretty big. But otherwise, it was literally like going nine for nine at the Christmas Cup a couple yeah, of well, years ago. That's all like, it is, personal achievement. Yeah, mm. that's it. I loved it. It's about what they mean to you. Yeah. And as a coach, um, yeah, probably one of my clients, Paris, like breaking a world deadlift record. That was amazing. Mm. Yeah. You kind of got to yeah. zoom out and look at it, look at the bigger picture because you don't really understand how big it is just because we're like kind of surrounded by it. Mm. Mm. And every coach kind of compares himself to other people and – you just can't kind of can't help it. So mm. yeah, like even talking to Lisa on the weekend, she was uh, she was a bit flustered because she had three lifters in the same flight. She's like, I've never had to do this before, and she was super excited about it at the same time. Mm. Like that's an achievement in and of yeah. itself. Being like, wow, I'm a busy coach, especially yeah. when you go from taking a, comp, a client to a comp here and there, and then having ten over a weekend. It's it's a big deal. Mm. CJ, what about you as a lifter? Um. I would say, as an athlete, I would say, uh, winning my first novice nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't won a novice cup. Um, I'd say, probably my boxing fight that I had. Uh, nice. That that was wild. Like nineteen years old and fighting someone my age now, <laughs> and getting touring like uh, at the casino and like a huge crowd. Like I never thought I'd ever fight on a stage like that. That's. Or, or fight <laughs> so that to me was like a, a while like even looking back i was like i can't believe i did that we have to snip at that for the podcast now with like overlay footage of yeah, you. yeah. It's, it's time for the people to see yes people have been asking for it <laughs> yeah um and i would say like even um at the recent comp like when i i pulled 250 that meant so much to me mm. um because yeah I, I worked really hard for it and and I'd missed it in in the prep and being able to hold on to it at, on that day. I remember it meaning so much. So that that was probably up there. Yeah. I'm just going to go on, on, on a limb and say this. If there's two people in zero out of across the entire zero that you wouldn't want to fuck with, the first one is CJ. He's got hands for everybody. <laughs> and then the second person would be- And he's got beef with everyone. Yeah, he's like a hater, bro. There's, a, there's <laughs> a level of beef with everyone. Mm. You know it. Both are so untrue. Do you know who the second person I would never want to fuck with, though? Yeah, I want to try and guess. Thomas Lilly. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> That's terrible. Why? Because I'd be like, no, nah, we can sort this yeah. out. Uh, Stephen Bradshaw. Oh, yeah. Don't mess yeah. with that guy. He's a scary. Uh He's Steve. humongous, and he's, he's Stephen Bradshaw, uh, big Steve. He big was at Steve. the the comp over the weekend. Drives the Ram. The he's got the ram. big big scar across his nose. He was driving. You, you'd know him truck. if you saw him. You'd yeah, know you'd know, you know straight away. <laughs> you're gonna be so you're gonna feel so stupid when you realise that you a thousand percent know him. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me, Dean Ilgith. Oh no, yes, yeah, sorry, he's he's up there too. Dean Ilgith. Dean uh, Dean Ilgith, or Kevin. 
Kevin uh, Boatwood. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I've said it numerous times. Like, he's the guy that three thugs would break into his house, armed thugs, he'd mess them up. That He'd wow. be on the news with, like, 70-year-old man destroys <laughs> thugs that break into house. That's so cool. Both of them have pasts where they'll elaborate on what they've done or what they can do but will never, ever give details. And those yeah. are the people you don't. You don't mess with. Well, yeah. Dean was a really good boxer too, wasn't he? Good boxer, yeah. yeah. Grew up in boxing gyms. Mm. You can see it in his build. It's why he's such a good bencher. It's all like that sort of internally rotated. Yeah. Who's this? Dean. Dean. The, the, he, yeah. he owns Mackay with us. Yes, 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 Dean. Big bencher. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, as in the guy that owns the car, the nice cars and slept yes. in his yeah, boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah don't, don't put me up with him. <laughs> he's genuinely like... But what's funny is he's like the nicest guy. He yeah. is. Yeah. The yeah, but so guy. are you. It doesn't stop the <laughs> Filipino rage within okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next uh, next question is from Cookie Thor, Edan. Who would win in a sprint, James, Thomas, or Buddy? <laughs> At right now, right Thomas. Now. He's the only one that's not <laughs> injured. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> not the one, no, only one acutely injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buddy's got a torn ACL, just had surgery. I got broken ribs, so Thomas would win this. Yeah, but that. if it's when you guys are in peak physical fitness, Buddy oh, would yeah. Buddy kick yeah. everyone's ass. I've seen him run. That's what he does. Yeah, uh, he also asked if you could, use, could be a superhero for a day, who would you be? Mine is Wolverine. Oh, oh. I was going to say Wolverine. That guy's yeah. a killer. I don't know. I want to put a limit on it. You can't be... Like the indestructible ones, like Superman. Oh, I was going to say the, Superman. The blue guy from, um, what's that? The blue guy. What's that? The Beast. No, no, no. The blue guy from the um, DC, like the DC Superman equivalent. No, I mean Superman is DC. Uh, Watchmen. The blue guy from Watchmen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. With the dick. <laughs> I don't know. I always liked I Storm from X-Men as a kid. Yeah. I'd probably go her. Nice. Yeah. Someone's a badass. They ruined her with Halle Berry. They did a little bit, hey. In the cartoon, she was wild. Yeah. Do you reckon they ruined her with Halle Berry? Yeah. They just she wasn't made as much of a badass. Yeah, but she was sexy. Yeah, but that's <laughs> not what it's about. Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. I was going to say Superman. Uh, it, my favorite superhero is Batman, but if it was like for mm. a day, it'd be mm. nice to fly for a day. I don't know. I'm going Spider-Man. Maybe I'll still go, oh, yeah, Spider-Man would be cool. Mm. Be sick, swing, swing yeah. around. That would be cool. Maybe be Bruce Wayne for a day. Yeah. That'd be cool still. Imagine being able to control the weather, though. How cool would that be? Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, it would, but I mean, weather does a pretty good job on its own here. <laughs> oh, just strike I'm never like, oh, gee, I wish it was raining. Oh, make it rain. <laughs> like, I'd much rather be able to get hit by a bus and stand up and be like, oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> what if you could strike somebody with lightning? Well, oh, relax. Why are you so violent? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Mister, where are you going? Um, this okay. is from Paddy Belinky Boy. Uh, he's an internet friend I got to meet for the first time on the weekend. So shout out to Paddy. Uh, he asked, why are RDLs superior? To what? He's just, he's got a humongous RDL, so that's why he's, uh, <laughs> he's asking this. He pulled 327 and a half on a stiff bar. Just I didn't realize he was that strong. He's Jeepers. fucking so strong. He's the nicest guy. I love him. Um, I think they're a great exercise, but 
That's a dead end question. It's a yeah. period of what? <laughs> I think he just wants to point out that he just wants to say he loves RDL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, well, there's your shout out. Good on your pat. Um, Drum Grumpy, we've got a powerlifting question here. This is what we wanted. Um, how to keep getting stronger while remaining in a weight class? Is there a cap? Does it vary individually? So I'll answer this. The first obvious one is when you look across each weight class, normally the guys at the top, they also always look a little bit bigger than everyone else in the weight class because they carry a lot more muscle. Muscle. Mm. They have a lot more tissue on their frame. So let's look at the under 90s, for instance. You got someone like, so he's in the under 90s. He's not a small guy by any chance, uh, by any means. He's actually quite big. But you got people like Matt Rodwell. He's fucking very thick. He's got very thick legs, very thick arms. He's a big boy. Dean uh, Bagalayan. He's fucking Josh Takua 2.0. <laughs> yes. Just got a huge amount of muscle on his frame. So if you can fill out your weight class with as much muscle and as least amount of fat as possible, that's always a very good start. So mm-hmm. manipulating your nutrition yeah. uh, and along with that, obviously a really solid training program to help you build as much muscle as possible. Yeah, 100% agree. It, maximizing weight class is exactly that. Being as lean as possible, as muscular as possible, within striking range of the weight class, but not having to be in a calorie deficit to maintain it, mm. like to be able to maintain that weight. As soon as you can't maintain it, that's when you go to the next one. Yeah, so let's uh, let's look at some weight classes. Let's go with the 82s, for instance. Russell Orhe, fucking jacked out of his brain. Looks like Ronnie Coleman. Mm-hmm. Out of 90s, John Hack, jacked out of his brain. He's maximized his weight class. Uh, who's a huge 100? Rate Sagor. Yeah, he's jacked as. Mm, 110s, Will Crozier, Thomas Lilly. One tenth. <laughs> Dan, Dan Green. Yeah. What? The, yeah, that's fucked. One two fives. Who's yeah. a humongous one two five? Is Nicholas Dupree a one two five? Yeah. Yeah. That's he's, disgusting. Yeah. He's he's like the the poster child of what maximizing weight class is. Is he a? Okay, I'm mind blown. I just chucked yeah, that name there. I think he walks around between one twenty four and like one thirty. I, but I recently he's been on a bit of a bulk. I think yeah, I saw him post not too long ago that he was sitting at like one thirty one. He just Isn't squatted 375 for five, by the way. So scary, man. Isn't Nikolai Cushing, he's 110? Yes. Yeah. He's a, he looks like a those, giant. Those legs are ridiculous. <laughs> just say 375 for five. Yeah. Yeah, he's a monster, <laughs> man. So Nicest <laughs> guy and ultra smart as well. It's, do you yeah. know who he kind of looks like? Jordan Hallier. <laughs> a little bit. Because he's got the glasses and the, you know, the yeah. tattoos, the stretched ears. Yeah. Looks like Jordan Hallier a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah, 375 for five. That's fucking monstrous. Um... Yeah, fill out your weight class as well as you can. 140s, Theo. Yeah. <laughs> Theo's starting oh to gosh. get ridiculously big. Yeah, he's that's, a giant. Kid's that's massive. He's disgusting. He's he's like a mini, mini hell regal. Like Dylan's legs, I've never seen legs that big on a human and Theo's heading that way. He's stupidly large. Well, remember when Theo was standing next to Will Crozier? <laughs> and he just... Made look, Theo, um, Will looks small. He just dwarfed Will. Yeah. Like... Made Will look short and small. Mm. You did still out angle Theo in that photo you got with him. <laughs> with <the> <laughs> oh man. You I got remember that pose down pat. I used to make an effort to crop out your arm in photos. <laughs> remember this? Like before I worked as Zero. Disgusting. We take group photos and I always crop Thomas's arm out. <laughs> uh, um, all right. A few more. You got tons. Yeah, got a few. Are most of the nonsense though? Ah, uh, they're just funny ones. Angus Roxburgh, best macro-friendly meal prep ideas. I don't know, because I'm never trying to eat macro-friendly. 
Uh, I don't know. I'd throw like kangaroo out there just mm. because it's so lean, so high protein. It's cheap. It's good. I'm a big fan of, fan of you kangaroo. you got to use a lot of spices and stuff though, right? Yeah. Isn't you got to know how to cook. Tastes very pleasant. Yeah. Mm. Um, what else have we got here? Lukey Booze. How do you stay so handsome? I think that was for you, uh, CJ. <laughs> Lukey Booze. How do I, I don't know. Stay, uh, Get a BRZ. Yeah, get a BRZ. <laughs> Sick of bars, baby. Good, yeah, great caramel skin. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, James Barnes. There's a throwback. Jimmy. How is everyone? Uh, come in, find out. Yeah, mm, come back, yes. Jimmy. We're good. We're less good without you, but we're good. We miss he was the you. man. I miss that guy. Um, What else do I have here? That's pretty much it. All right. Let's talk about APL Nationals. I never know where to start. Like, mm. it's such a big weekend from start to finish. I don't know if we talk about, like, the whole setup and packing down process. Just go straight into the lifting. It was pretty crazy. It was. It's, it's been my favorite comp so far. Same. Yeah. What made it your favorite comp? Um, just how well run it was. The aesthetic as well. You know me. I love a dark aesthetic. The red lights. It was so good. It was just but, a great vibe. The actual venue itself. Everything was amazing. Did I tell you what I'm going to do with the pro, the smoke what? machine? Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, you know, we had like the banner and then the big banner behind and then that side was open. Mm -hmm. So at the pro, I'll have another banner there and I'll, I'll probably drape something over the banner and attach it to, to the wall and then have a smoke machine in there because there's a colored light directly above it. So where the chalk bowl is will be a smoke machine and you'll walk out in like red smoke. Ooh. That'll be amazing. So when I went to the Irish Pro in in Ireland, <laughs> uh, they had a they had it set up like that and with green lights because Ireland. And I always thought, fuck, that'd be so cool to set up yeah. at one of our comps. And something like the Novatel, it's too bright. You can't like there's not the sort of stage lighting. Uh, and then just looking at it on the weekend. So if you look at all the once the photos from Neil start coming out, where people are chalking up, they'll be glowing red because there's that red light straight over them. Imagine that, but with smoke. That'll be so cool. Be really cool. We'll be dope. That'll make for some great photos too. People walking out of the smoke. Mm. So what? What do you other guys think? Like, I mean, what you've all you've got to compare it to is Worlds and Nationals mm. last year. What do you think? Better, worse venue? Way better venue. Yep. Like you can't get much of a better venue than that. Mm -hmm. If I'm being like, when you think of a perfect venue, that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It's just super. We're bottlenecked with growth there. Yeah, mm. true. Like we maxed it out. There's yeah. no yeah. way we can go bigger than so what we went. There's a packed crowd every day. Yeah. Yep, mm. yep, yep. And um, shit, I don't know what I was about to say. Yeah, no, nah, like, um, yeah, it was the perfect venue because, well, that's kind of what you want. Like you want it so it's like, oh, we need to squeeze people in. Mm. Like, you like, want it to be intimate. Yeah, you want it to be like that. And um, and and the thing is with like powerlifting, you know, it's not packed all day. People leave. So when during, there were times where it was quieter and not as many people, but it still was quite full. Yeah. So that, that that's the perfect balance, I think. Um, 100% agree. The worst comp I've been to is GPC Worlds 2015 in Vegas. It was in a room probably six to seven times bigger than the Novotel room we had. And it had uh, one little platform. And so like there were a hundred chairs and in this giant room, like ridiculous. Like it's in Vegas. It's just the stupidly 
big room and it felt like no one was there. It was mm. like the dullest comp. Mm. No, and if you put that same amount of people, equipment, everything in in this gym, it would be like our regular comps where they're going off. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, what else were you going to say? Um, yeah. The, the only thing I was going to say was more like how well we – uh, the comp ran because I remember, you know, the first time we were at Novotel, all the hiccups that happened mm. and you come into this one just, you know, very aware that that could happen, but it just ran as if we'd been there before. Like we ran it so well. Um, everything just went um, to plan, like the odd hiccup here and there, but nothing too big. I was going to say, yeah, we definitely had... A few mistakes that no one would have picked up on that we sorted out behind the scenes. A couple of really big things that we need to improve on, like the scoring thing was just a massive debacle. Uh, and that's on that's on myself and Daniel, and we've already had discussions around how we're going to fix that moving forward. Uh, so that will be all cleaned up. But overall, I think it was fucking awesome. Mm. You know when people talk about, oh, yeah, but they fucked this up. It's like, give us that feedback. Yeah. Because yeah. we actually need it. It's how these events get better. Mm-hmm. Like if if there's people that are salty about things that happen, like don't be afraid to voice your opinion. It's literally the only way we can make sure that things like that doesn't happen in the future. Yeah. And I think we're lucky because Daniel and I are probably the hardest people on earth to offend. Mm. Yeah, legit. Because <laughs> we don't take anything too personally. So you can give us feedback. And <laughs> if we think it's good, we'll apply it. If we think it's trash, we don't shine mm. it back on you we just think it was a trash opinion so that's fine yeah, yeah but yeah. that's how we get better by not having emotion attached to it we can actually go you know what we really did fuck up here and we can really improve on that and we will improve on that and so there are things like the scoring like a few organizational things that you guys wouldn't have noticed because you weren't part of the experience in terms of being a competitor going through it all uh, that i think we can do better and honestly those things that's more me looking in and being like, I want this to not just be perfect. I want it to be better than perfect because good enough is never good enough. Uh, so it's just about how do we continue to make these. One thing I'm really stoked with is the entire time, Daniel and I were so scared about how bad the warm-up room was going to be just in terms of congestion and everything. And I actually, I didn't spend heaps of time back there, but I think it, it turned out as good as it could be. Yeah, I think it was yeah. better than the year before. It was way really better. Mm. The the times that felt the most cramped were squats or that mm. transition with mm. squat and bench. Uh, but every time I went back out uh, yeah. out back there, there were only a few times where I thought, Jesus, a lot of people out here. Uh, but it didn't feel like there was the wrong people out there. Mm. I think the whole setup was pretty good. Mm. Having that other the spill room, yeah. that was, yeah. yeah, that was great. Mm. Uh, a lot of lifters actually... I thought having that spill room, I thought, oh, no one will use it. They'll just want to be in the warm-up room. But mm. a lot of people were actually just there to wind down or, like, headphones in. Like, that was yeah. there. And having and the then, chairs around the back of the warm-up room helped as mm. well when people weren't warming up yeah, or when it yeah. wasn't their turn, they just sat back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was good. I think people were really respectful and listened. Like, when you came and grabbed me and were like, you're going to come help me, um, no one's putting their bags away. And between you telling them and then grabbing me and coming back, they were all put away. Yeah, there was mm. one bag left out. I think that was mm. cool that people yeah. were actually listening and being respectful because that's always been an issue in the past, trying to hurt all these people. And I, I get it. It's not people being purposely disrespectful. There's just a lot going on on comp day, mm. especially for athletes. You know, they're, mm. they're already shitting themselves. And then on top of it, trying to think of, you just don't think, you know, oh, it might not be the best idea to rest my shit here. It, you're not being... You're not, you're not being disrespectful. You're just not. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're not seeing it through that it's lens. It's not the priority. Uh, yeah. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Finding it hard to talk. Comes back to my quote, don't expect people to be perfect all the time. Everyone's just doing their best. Yeah. Mm. It was actually cool because I remember there was one time where I was like, oh, hey, okay, no one le- lean plates on combat racks. Don't do that. And yeah, I left. Stopped. Everyone no. stopped. And, and then, then so I came back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And then Tom's came out the back and did it. I was like, oh, I've literally just been flaming people doing for doing it too. This. What were they doing? Leaning plates on combo racks. I was oh. guilty of that. I did that. But there was one time when uh, Martin Nguyen, he's like, no, no plates on combo racks to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was cool. Yeah. I was like, he came out, heard me say it. And he's like, okay, cool. That's the rules. I yeah. love it. Well, he's been a gym owner for a long time. So he, knows, he knows the pain. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of combo racks, how good was the new Zero combo? Yeah, Test yeah. running it. It held up really well. Yeah. We, we It definitely held up better, not better than I expected, but mm. part of us was like, this could be a disaster. Yeah, so I was going to ask, were you nervous? Like if something broke on the platform, yeah. that would look really bad. But it was the thing really took the abuse we, we threw at it. Mm. The, the biggest takeaway for me is that the um, – I don't even know what material it is. Plastic of some sort, like high density oh, no. plastic. No, 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 for the the rollers, the acrylic oh, kind yeah. of. Uh, no, not the not the protective acrylic on the back, but the actual rollers themselves got more chewed up than I would have liked. Mm. Uh, so we're gonna revise that and make that material much stronger. Just because think that was one comp. Yeah, it was a lot of lifts, but one comp. It shouldn't have got as quite as beat up as what it did. So we'll make that part better. The rest of it was perfect. Mm. The rollers are what the bar sits on. Yeah, you know how you roll it side to yeah, side? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that part. Um, we didn't use the the actual pad of the bench press because we didn't want to throw lifters off. We didn't want them to warm up on the Alico pads and then have a different pad on the platform. But by the Zero Pro, we'll have enough Zero combos to do that. Nice. Oh, really? So, Because uh, our pad's way better. Yeah. Way, I was about to say, we would yeah. have seen some bigger uh, third attempts being I made. Think so so yeah. is that the same pad as the one that's on the bench downstairs? Yes. Yeah, so that's th- nice. Yeah. Thick. Ultra grippy, super, grippy. a little mm. bit softer, yeah, but so, not too soft. It's so funny. I, um, me and Angus, well, I spoke about it with Angus. If he, um, like, I was because I wanted to load one seventy, and I remember thinking, if we had that p- pad, I would have definitely loaded one seventy. Mm. Just because the Alico, uh, the new, the the Alico V two pads, they're very unforgiving. Yeah, like they're very hard. Extremely hard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, I I didn't realize this, but I saw at Worlds IPF Worlds that there's a V three pad now which is apparently um, grippier the whole way across and softer. Uh, so, spoiler alert, zero number seven's coming and we've done the Alico order, f- including some combos, so I'm curious to see if they've got them. Nice. Damn. Very nice. Um, all right, let's do some uh, lifters. Uh, lifter, lif- lifter recaps. Yeah. Mm. Gage, you want to kick us off? Yes, I had two lifters. I had Sue Harris and Paris Kozeni on the Friday. And Paris absolutely killed it. It was her best performance to date. Yeah. She went nine for nine, comp PB'd all her lifts, got four new national records and uh, qualified for the Zero Pro. So good. And normally normally she chokes out on bench, like every comp. She like Even though she can do it, she just gets nervous and gets in her head and she nailed all three. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of her. And well, Sue, smart coaching, like you went conservative on the yeah. opener so you could sort of foresee that rather than being like, we're aiming for this and working backwards from it. You're just like, yeah. let's open smart and go for it. That's there. it. And Paris, she agreed. She was really mature with um with picking her attempts as well. And yeah, she agreed with me the whole time. And you really see her maturing as a lifter now. 
Sometimes you yeah. just need that, com- like, because she always misses third attempts, you need that confidence from winning, even if it's easy, mm-hmm. to next time be able to push and be like, I can do a third That's attempt, it. rather than just thinking I fail all the time and yeah. I'm going to fail this. And Yeah, because we'd always go super easy on her opener and then she'd go out for a second, just, like, shitting her pants. Mm. Yeah, and then it, um, yeah, it all came through this time. And Sue, Sue did amazing. Sue's a little bit disappointed with her performance, but I think she did fantastic. She PB'd her squat and she got a new national record. And then uh, we had a little mishap on bench. She jumped the press call and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and but it went up so easy. Mm. It went up so easy. But then um, she was just really flustered when she went in for her third, which would have been a national record. And it came off the chest so fast and mm. she just, yeah, couldn't get it up. But, yeah, it happens. but yeah, she got um, a medal and a podium finish and I'm so happy. So happy. Really proud of her. Well done. Yeah, and I handled two other girls that day, um, Bo Dangerfield and Kayla. I'm sorry, Kayla, I can't remember your last name. Kayla from Zero in Cairns. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, she came over and she's like, oh, are you Bridget? I heard you wrap knees, so I looked after <laughs> her. And it was Bo's birthday as well. Um, I forgot to say happy birthday on the day because I only found out too late. So <laughs> happy birthday, Bo. You did amazing. Nice. Yeah. James? Um, I had four athletes competing this year. Um, so I had four athletes competing. I had Jasmine Tong, Dave Rumsley, Angus Roxburgh, and Matt Rodwell. So I'll start with uh, Dave Rumsley, under 90s. Before, so just for a bit of context, before Dave started here, he had never even squatted 200. Mm-hmm. And he squatted 232 for a third attempt. So good. Um, he just needs a little bit of a push. Like he doesn't really know uh, that he's actually quite strong and how capable he is. Yeah. Um, so he squatted 232. He went three for three on squat, which was fucking awesome. Uh, and hit a PB, huge PB on squats. He went three for three on bench. He benched 117.5, so hit a comp PB and bench PB. And then on deadlifts, he went three for three as well, and he hit another PB. So total PB, uh, gym PBs, whatever you want to call it. He f- literally had a perfect day. You couldn't go any better. Wait, wait, wait. So his numbers were 232 bench? Uh, 117.5. And deadlift? Uh, 255. Nice. So his goal was 600. And 600 was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. But we hit 605. So nice. good. Um, so really proud of him. And fuck, he's just a just a great bloke. I squatted 232 at my first nationals at under 90. Really? Nice. Yeah, we're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I bench way more though. So. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> That's what I always joke to him about. I'm like, bro, you squat, deadlift's awesome. You got a 12-year-old bench. So let's... Uh, <laughs> no, we're in the same boat. <laughs> in the same boat, brother. Let's keep working. I'm with you. Um... Jasmine Tong, I've been working with Jasmine that long, but fuck, she's she's such a good lifter too, mm. and she works super hard. So she went three for three on squats, hit a PB of 140, which is a comp BB as, as well. Her third attempt at her last comp was 130. Mm-hmm. So she's made huge progress squat-wise. And that 140 wasn't that hard, was it? Nah, it was pretty It was pretty good. During prep, I kind of wanted her to squat between like 145, 150, but it just wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, and then bench, you went three for three. We've had some problems with the bench, just a little bit of inconsistency. Same with you as uh, Paris. Just yeah. same things. It's like a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. Once it gets past a certain point, all of a sudden the confidence goes out the window mm-hmm. and they're not sure if they can actually hit this uh, particular number. But three for three, she fucking killed it. And then, so we were super confident going into deadlifts because that's her best lift. Got her first attempt, really easy, 150. And then her second attempt at 160, I didn't think she got. I, did, I didn't think it was hitching, but she got. Uh, she got two reds for hitching. So I was like, "Ah, oh, that's all right. Don't stress. Let's go up again." 
162.5, which is a comp PB and PB, but um, she got called for hitching on that one. Mm. Um, it was really unfortunate. So she went seven for nine, but she still came third place mm-hmm. in the under 67.5s. Um, so yeah, she was a little bit disappointed, but at the same time, she's fucking wrapped that she got to podium at a, at a national level event. Yeah. And once we get on top of that little hitch that she did, she's going to fucking, she's going to kill it. Because nothing, nothing was that hard that she did on comp day nah, either. No, nah, it all looked great. Yeah, so she's still got a lot of, a uh, lot left in the tank. Uh, Angus Roxburgh, one of, uh, He's just one of everyone's favorite. Everyone loves Angus. Yeah. Uh, he had a f- the dream meet again. I don't know how much longer we can keep up this type of progress. Though. <laughs> this type of progress. No, he's, your, he's your Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy hasn't stopped. Yeah, le- legit. So Angus, at his first meet in December with me, we totaled 587. Mm. And I remember in the warm-up room, Jordan Anderson helped him with his warm-ups and he squatted 170. And Jordan came up to me and goes, hey, bro, are you sure he's going to be able to <laughs> open on 190? I'm like, what do you mean he's... Bro, he almost folded on 170. <laughs> um, so at this comp, he, his third attempt was 242. Wild. In so, sleeves. Yeah, in sleeves. So at this last comp, he at his first comp, sorry, his third attempt was 207.5. Yeah. Uh, his bench, third attempt, 167.5. Uh, in comparison to his first comp, his third attempt was 147.5. So good. Deadlift. Um, he's got a decent bench on him, eh? That's, that's so good. He's such a well-rounded powerlifter. Yeah. He's like... Consistently making awesome progress across all three lifts. Mm. Um, so he'll hit 700 pretty soon. And we're going to get into wraps this next comp. Yeah. Um, deadlift, he hit 250, which is a 2.5 kilo comp PB. And we attempted 260, got it above the knees, just couldn't quite lock it out. Yeah. So he was a little bit gutted, uh, but he hit got 657 total, uh, which could have been 667. So he is inching closer to 700, which mm. is fucking huge in sleeves. Um, but even though I just said he's going to get in wraps pretty soon. Uh, and then Matt Rodwell, um, this bloke doesn't need any introduction. He's a fucking monster. He totaled 742 at under 90. Squatted two. He attempted 292. Stood up with it pretty easy. Just got two red lights. Yeah. Um, it was pretty similar to a second attempt, so it could have gone either way. Uh, but that's competition. Mm. Uh, benched 175 and deadlifted two. 87.5 and then failed to 95 mm-hmm. I think so 742 he took it overall so he had the highest point score on the day or across the whole weekend yep so pound for pound strongest lifter in Australia in APL uh, in APL which is fucking a huge feat um, he's just a workhorse he he loves competition too so he's uh, yeah, he's, he's gonna start prepping for the zero pro as well um, yeah that was, that was my weekend awesome mm. Awesome. I had I had four lifters on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Kennedy, Jacob Tapp, Kathy Grant, Andrew Olm. Uh everyone everyone did wonderful. Uh Jessica is brand new to powerlifting. She's done it once. She did states last minute in New South Wales and she, she did nationals and she's a high achiever, you know. She works hard. She's achieved a lot in her life uh, on the back of a lot of hard work. She's had very very little direct help. Uh, and she puts a lot of pressure on herself. So she wasn't stoked with her performance, even though I was, um, and she's got a fire in her belly now to, to push for the Zero Pro. So uh, she did really well. She won overall in the females. Um, Kathy Grant was going to pull out of the competition a few weeks ago or a few weeks before the comp or a month or so. She, she's she been having some ongoing back problems, and they got pretty bad to the point where she, um, she really wanted to pull the pin. Um, she started seeing 
Scott at Effectus, who was one of the sponsors of the event, uh, and between him and me, we developed a good rehab plan, got her back on her feet, and she was still able to show up and hit PBs. Yeah, she killed it. So she had a really good day. Was yeah. that her best meet she's ever had? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Be- best wow. meet she's ever had. I mean, not huge PBs, but definitely way better than we were expected. Like, she went in with no expectations based on the injury uh, and uh, was still able to perform and hit PB. So that's that's awesome. Um, Andrew's ready to go into the hundreds, let's put it that way. <laughs> he consistently cuts to the 90s, great preps, and then uh, the cut gets him and he... he um, tends to drop the ball a little bit on comp day after cutting so he's finally seen the light to go into the hundreds because uh, he's consistently gotten stronger and he's a great lifter and he loves it. it i just really want to see him have some wins on comp day you know like have some uh <laughs> hit some third attempts <laughs> so uh he came real close on his third deadlift and he tore his hand to shreds mm. and what a what a trooper Ripped half his hand off and then just spot and loaded the rest of the week. He's wow. the fucking man. Works he hard, is. man. Yeah, really, really, really hard. Uh, you know, he's got the arms and he's got the build to fill out the one tens. Eh? He's fucking jacked. Well, he he started in the one tens and he cut down, so he's looking really lean. Uh, but now it's the time to to actually grow and and eat enough to fuel performance for the hundreds and and really push him to see what he's capable of. Uh, and then Jacob Tap, of course, the the young gun from Tasmania. He had an awesome meet. Been working on and off with Jacob Tap for for a long time now, uh, and I mean the kid's awesome. He he just pushes hard and he he loves it. We were making some great momentum about a year, maybe even two years ago, and then he got hit by a car on his on his uh, motorbike oh my God. Uh, and snapped his legs in half and and had a long rehab and recovery from that. So it's this is his first year pushing again, and he's he's hitting PBs again. So he had a great wow. meet, one junior overall, uh, and. No, he didn't place in the overall one, two, three. He, yeah, he won. He won junior overall classic raw. Won junior classic raw overall, yes, and he also won um, uh, best junior of me, male. He's a weapon. Did he? <laughs> a junior classic raw. Anyway, he had a great meet. Long and short of it. Do you know? Sorry, you don't have to cut that part out. Just, just want to double back on Jessica. Do you know what pisses me off? She probably thinks powerlifting's easy. <laughs> Uh, I, I think <laughs> she's so talented. Yeah, she she really is. I think she had. She's not like that though. She really yeah. she because she doesn't look at everyone else. She looks at who's ahead, and she's like, I want to really aspire to be like the Jen Smith, the Biancas of the world. Uh, well, she's on track because she's so nice. So nice. She's just like those two girls that Re- you just mentioned. Really yeah. hard worker. Really excellent. Uh, again, I think it's just a high achiever mindset, and also just like. Every lifter has to learn how different lifting in comp is. Like that's the big lesson she took away. The first comp she did, she did a, a few like lifts that were um, potentially questionable compared to the refing we had at nationals. So there was a hard lesson there in terms of like doing it according to the rules and, and how tough that was. Uh, but also just, yeah, the, the nature of peaking and, She's also had some instability in her life in terms of just moving houses and house sitting and, and being a bit of a nomad for the last few months. So she's finally got a house and she actually moved over the weekend <laughs> with oh nationals God. as well. So <laughs> she's a trooper. And now that she's got some some consistency and some stability in her life and outside of the gym, I think she, she'll really showcase what she can do at Zero Pro. It's um, really weird with powerlifting. I've had this conversation with a few people. With powerlifting, you think you're in, you, you think you're in control of the outcome. Like it's the only sport where you can 
you feel like you can predict the outcome and when it doesn't happen, you're upset about it. Mm-hmm. So Tom, bro, like if you're to play soccer, you're like, I'm going to score three goals today and we're going to win. You have and, no idea. And if it doesn't happen, you don't, you don't get upset. Yep. You're just like, oh, it's sport. It's how sport goes. But with powerlifting, you think training's gone this well, this is what I'm going to do on the day. Mm. Mm. And you don't take into account, uh, obviously the rules, the referees, the environment, uh, the adrenaline, like the nerves that come up on com day and things like that. There could be, like if you've done a cut, those things come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really weird that we think that we can control the outcome 100%. And then when it doesn't go to plan, we get so upset about it. Yeah, it's such a weird fine line to walk because, and this is why coaching is so important because we're not just coaching numbers, we're coaching people and everyone's mindset is so different to how they re- respond to certain ways of thinking. And so on the one hand, a lot of the times we go into competitions with these dream numbers and we almost go in as if we've already done it, mm-hmm. which can bl- bring complacency. Like if I'm like, I am going to squat 300. If I don't squat 300, I'm super disappointed rather than I want to squat 300. and I'm going to try my hardest to, if I fall short of that, I can be like, well, I brought my best game and it wasn't there on the day. And some people need to think as if they've already done it. And some people need to change their thinking to be more, maybe positive or maybe even more negative. Like I respond really well to a more negative outset because if I'm told I can't do something, I'll do everything I can to do it. And so that's how I go in. I'm like, you're not going to squat 400. Dream on. It's not happening. So when I approach the bar, that's what my programming says. And so in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I am going to squat 400. And so like for me, that works really well. Whereas if I say to a lifter who's not wired that way, I'm like, you can't do this. Don't be stupid. They go, my coach doesn't believe me. <laughs> so like there, there is this like fine line of a hundred percent what you're saying. It's like, we think it is so set in stone uh, and it's just not. Mm. There's so many things that can happen and how you're wired mentally needs to be coached so you can deal with that on the day. Yeah, so like, uh, for example, in the weekend with Jasmine after missing her second two deads, because she would have played second if she got them. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I just said to her, you've said this, I've heard you say this to your lifters as well, Thomas. It's like, oh, is this your last competition? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, why are you so upset then? Mm. Like, if it was your very last competition, yeah, I'd be gutted because you didn't get to go out how you wanted to do. It's like when an NBA player doesn't get to win a ring in his last season or something. Yeah, yeah they fucked off and they feel unaccomplished or whatever. But if it's not your last season, there's always, a, or if it's not your last competition, there's always another opportunity to get better. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. CJ, any final thoughts you want to add before before we wrap this up? Um, from, from the producer's point of view. <laughs> no, the comp went really well. Thanks to everyone that said hi and said that they were a fan of the podcast. There was... Quite a few people. I don't remember all your names. I remember there's a super tall young kid named Connor that competed. He um, was an absolute giant. Um, Connor Stothard, I think, was the one. And was there, is Cooper Morgan really tall as well? Is he another tall kid? Oh, Cooper Stothard Cooper. is who I'm thinking Cooper, about. yes, yes, Cooper, yes. Cooper. Yeah. Sorry, not Connor. My bad. And there was another guy that I met like on the staircase. Uh, you know who you are. Yeah. We, we, we're very appreciative of you guys' support, and yeah, it was really awesome to meet you guys. And uh, that's what I love about like this national comps is, it, I still think it's so wild that we hold an event that people from around Australia come to, mm. like we'll travel and you know come to compete at and look forward to competing at, and we get to meet the best of the best from around Australia. That where you know we don't have to travel to go to Sydney and go to all those dope gyms. Like they all come here, and we get to see them all do their thing and. Um, lift on the high stage and 
yeah, that's such an honor for us to get to witness. So yeah, uh, I know we, we I know we thank them every day, and I know we we shouted out Andrew a second ago, but like seriously, we could not have done the comp without the hard work that all the spotters, loaders, referees, everyone put in, and there were so many people. Like I'm not going to name everyone, but you know Carly sat in the ref's chair most of the weekend. Um, Robbie and David and their offside from from Melbourne and Jane Miller's mm. Jane she Miller. competed she too she competed amazing. and she was all over it all mm-hmm. weekend ja- Jacob Funstein was there from start yes. to end yeah well before <laughs> yeah. like he was still working <laughs> yesterday Tuesday transporting stuff from from Southside to to Brisbane he's a big fan of the podcast and Jacob we are so so grateful for mm. the amount of work that you put in over the weekend. Rochelle and Meg, Dana came up, just everyone. Yeah. Hayden. It was uh, so just, cool. Yeah. Um, fucking, uh, and uh, alongside Andrew Ohm, who jumped straight on the platform after he competed, Tuva. Yeah. Tuva. Tuva, Tuva yeah. MC'd. Um, shout out Josh Sakua. He's the chairman of another fucking federation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just wants to see powerlifting grow. Absolutely. Yeah. Toby, Angus, like I said, Ryan, everyone. Just too many people to name who really actually care about making this thing as big or they, they care just like we care about making the experience the best for everyone and yeah like it's it's super heartwarming it's very special mm. all right just to wrap things up three favorite things about a powerlifting comp and three least favorite things about a powerlifting comp i'm gonna start the worst thing about a powerlifting comp are the toilets. Oh, hundred and twenty thousand! You powerlifters <laughs> are grub. fucking disgusting. Pull your heads in. It is nasty. You don't need to be that gross. It's a normal toilet. Treat it like the toilet at home. Yeah. You Yuck. don't need to be that gross. So, do you ever walk into them? Like sometimes you walk into the mess and you think. How did this happen? Mm. I started cleaning at one point. I started wiping the benches down and yeah, oh, it was just yuck. feral. Your palafters are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but why do all their fucking manners go out the door when it comes to a comp toilet? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. And then, all right, that's my first favorite thing. Uh, favorite worst. thing. <laughs> that's the worst thing. Sicko. Right. Sicko. <laughs> Got some weird fetishes going on. Oh, all right. The, my second worst fa- thing about a powerlifting comp is when people fart in the warm up area. Oh, I walked right into one. It's disgusting. <laughs> it was horrible. You know, I was loading the bar up for squats, helping people warm up, and I don't know who it was, but it was it's foul. It's dusted. There's so a lot, no. lot of bodies back there. There's oh. no. Yeah. And powerlifters aren't known to have the best nutrition on games. No. Protein you know? farts. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, no. you know, they're just Pretty trying to have lolly. Yuck. Nice. Yeah, disgusting. Um, my third worst thing about powerlifting comps, I get it, emotions get in the way, but I fucking can't stand it when people go off at riffs. Yeah, no. Yeah, I got some foul looks. But That's eh, some fucking bullshit because I don't see any of you guys that are going off at riffs helping out at any comps. Yeah. yeah. Bridget, you would have got this as much as me. When you're sitting in the head ref's chair and you – a couple of red lights go and someone some genius behind you is like there's no way that was hitching like did you just watch that yeah. lift it was the worst hitch i've yeah. ever seen in my life like just these like backseat referees behind yeah. you going off there was it's like you know i can hear you you know i'm a person too right <laughs> yeah i had a refs. few people like spin around and give me death stares yeah. you know as they're walking off the platform but. it's the fucking worst it's like <laughs> these guys are volunteers how about yeah. you help out and sign up to do a referee's course and contribute to the sport in a yeah. positive way. You know the thing as well is it's never for bad calls. No. Yeah. It's, it's always like for a reasonable call. Call. Uh, yeah, anyway. There was one that I liked this one because he got really upset. His coach got upset. 
because his ass never came down on the bench. Yeah. And I was out coaching already. I was like, hey, bro, his bum was off the bench by like this much. And he goes, fuck. All right, I'll go say sorry to the refs on the next one. <laughs> well, I was that, like, that's, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, at the same time, it, it is frustrating to watch, but we also get that powerlifting is emotional and you're very mm. attached mm. to it. And you, it's just people not thinking. It's not acceptable. I'm not, I'm not excusing it. But I understand that it's just people not thinking. Just so reacting on emotion. W- when people do that and actually come up and be like, look, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, I do appreciate that. Because mm, it, it takes guts. You can just walk away and be a dick about it. Or mm-hmm. you can come and own it and be like, look, I, I messed up. Yeah, I, I had someone come up and say sorry to me. It might have been that guy. might have been that coach. Yes. I someone. I had a little bit of a tiff with someone on the first day. Yep. Um, and they apologized in the end. and it was It was cool. But yeah, I get it. It's powerlifting. I'd probably react the same way. But I, I, I'm pretty good owning up to my, my mistakes. So I'd probably go apologize. Well, mm. I think I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is just competition. I get it. Mm. Uh, my three favorite things about a powerlifting comp. Oh, do you want to kick it off, Tom, bro? Uh, I mean, like, again, we've spoken about it so much, but the just the the community. But I am I love the powerlifting community. I love the lifters for sure. But I'm going to say, like, our helpers community. Just, mm-hmm. again, I, like, I, I have lots of moments where I'm – you know, patting you guys on the back while you're coaching or whatever, like you don't realize how much it means to me to see you guys thriving in your jobs and also giving so much back, but also having a smile on your face. Like that's, oh, it's, it's what makes this, no matter what happens, it makes this worth it. Mm, fucking A. That's what we're talking about. I know we said it before, but you know, like Sunday night, it's like, do we go home or go back to Southside? It's like, nah, let's fucking, we're in this together. Let's go pack yeah. up even though we still left Southside earlier, but you know what I mean? It's like, we want to yeah. be in the trenches with everyone. Mm-hmm. That fine. is that is definitely the worst part though. Like mm. you're, you're on the last fumes and yeah. you're looking at this pile of shit <laughs> in the so gym. You're so close, but so far. Like, all we have to do is take that map from there to there and I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my worst parts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And like, same thing. Look at the people who were there. Jacob, after doing everything all weekend. Andrew, mm-hmm. after lifting and then spotting Logan. Toby, you guys, after being there from Thursday to the very end, all day, every day. Like, yeah, wild. Uh, you got a favorite, Gitch? Um, Just the hype from the crowd. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Even when I was, like, out the front working the desk for a bit and you can hear everyone in there, like, screaming when it was third attempt deadlifts. It was just so exciting. So fun. Mm. Really good atmosphere. That's definitely a favorite. Yeah, mm. uh, I can't think of another one. It has to be that, like, yeah. the, especially like seeing people miss their second, and then they come out and the crowd gees them up, yeah. and they just get their third. Like that to me is like that's the energy of the room that got that yeah. lift up. You know? And it's so, so, that's cool. Just so cool because some of the people in the crowd, it's probably their first time seeing a powerlifting comp and mm. seeing them really get into. Yeah, it there was like a that. lot. Opens up a whole new world for them. Yeah, mm. and um, see, uh, I think you mentioned this: seeing a lot of people that we don't usually see. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of new lifters in APL yeah. and, and seeing them, that was really cool. Must be cool for you guys as well because like people know you from the podcast. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot, like mm. my assumption when we record these is still that no one listens. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> you, for, you forget that people actually get quite invested and watch mm. it. So like hearing, um, you know, Chris Thomas, their team won, Chris, Kale, Taylor, and I, I can't remember who the fourth lifter was. But their team won and Chris was saying, oh, you were talking about on the podcast how like we're in contention. I don't know about that. I've been injured. And then they won anyway. Yeah. Uh, but like just hearing him say, listen to the podcast, I'm like, oh, we actually talk about this stuff and, <laughs> and people do listen to it. So that that's cool. Shout, yeah. cool. Shout out Chris. He's one of my favorite lifters to watch. Yeah. 
He would be better if he was Filipino though. <laughs> He's close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just across the sea. Oh, yeah. Malaysian. He's oh, Malaysian. Nice. There was this debate going on for a little while where <laughs> his lifters are like, yeah, he's Malaysian. They're like, wait, is he Malaysian? <laughs> this confusion there for a while. But I think like without, without tooting our own horn too much, in my 16 years of powerlifting or however long it's been, 16, 34, yeah, 16 years of powerlifting, I think we're exceptional as a group at what we do on the, on the microphone. And I think like, mm. especially since you took a lot more confidence last year with getting people hyping, hyped up and doing your boom, boom, boom. Like then I've seen Tuva do that. I've seen yeah. Toby do that. Yeah. I get a bit more hyped up when I'm on the mic. Like we're all sort of elevating each other and getting better and better at working the crowd. Cause you guys haven't been to many of them, but when you, when you go to a comp where there's either no MC or an MC that doesn't work the crowd, it's, it sucks. Like a comp with a hundred spectators and nobody cheers or claps when someone comes out to lift. It it's weird mm. because no one knows what to do. Like mm. that, people are literally sheep in those environments. And if no one else is doing anything, they're like, I can't be loud. Yeah. Mm. And then when the person, someone is loud, they're like, Oh, that person's being loud and weird. Mm. If you just make everyone okay with screaming and carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're, you're responsible for the energy in the room. Yeah. Exactly. It makes such a big difference to the lifters as well, yeah. especially when they're going to walk out on the platform. Sometimes, you know, if the MC's a bit busy doing something else and they don't announce the lifter's name straight away, like you really notice the vibe is different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I get a lot of uh, compliments uh, about being a good MC. And um, like, there's a part of me sometimes like, I'm like, oh, like I'm a coach too. Like, because everyone <laughs> always sees me like, oh, you're emceeing this weekend, Henny? And I'm like, oh, nah, you know, I coach as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's because no one sees you behind the scenes rapping yeah. these. Well, and Neil, stuff. Neil didn't realize I was a coach until yeah. the weekend. Yeah, he thought I was just a ref. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, there's been a. Uh, who, who's the bloke from Strength Tribe that's going to do the. Oh, Daryl and. Um, Daryl and Cade Silverthorne, yeah. Daryl, so they did the um, the live stream MC for the comp that Daniel and Jessica and I did down there. Like he keep he kept calling me King of the North. That's why I called him King of the South. <laughs> <laughs> but on the live stream, all their little buddies were commenting, "Get Caden and, and Daryl." So if we can set it up to the point where we can just plug straight into the live stream, and we've got enough room to set up a few mics, I'll let them do it. That's sick. So good, That's and cool. it'll be shared. Like it's all weekend. They don't have to sit there and talk the whole weekend. We'll share and take turns. Commentating on a live stream is a little bit harder because you're talking to nobody. Mm. Like you, when you're doing it live, you're getting the feedback from the crowd. When you're talking at a screen, you're kind of just like mm. talking at a screen. It's a little bit weird. Do, are you guys familiar with how sports commentary work? So you have uh, the color commentator and then you have the play-by-play. So I don't know, maybe we could work something out like that where someone talks about the play-by-play, what's happening, and then one person just chiming in with facts about the lifter or something like the that. The Joe Rogan. Yeah, so that's yeah. how, because um, it can be quite boring, I understand that, but this is how, I'm pretty sure I was watching this thing about commentary um, because I was actually really, I don't know if you guys knew, but I got asked to be the NBL1 MC. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I ended up turning it down, but they asked me to be the MC of the NBL1. Why'd you turn it down? Um, it was just a big time commitment, Yeah, okay. and I didn't have... With no pay? At the start, it was no pay. Yeah. But it could have led to me being MC for NBL games. I don't know yeah. where it goes from there. Um, I'm pretty sure that door's still open for me if I want to take it. But So I was starting to watch uh, 
YouTube videos about emceeing and commentary oh. and things like that because I was like, fuck, if I do this, I need to do it good. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there is, there is an art to emceeing and there is an art to commentary. So when people, sometimes people give me shit, they're like, oh, all you did all weekend was talk on the microphone. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's fucking so draining and mm-hmm. so tiring. Well, yes. look, look at it. Like I make the joke all the time. If Bridget walks past, I'm like, can you do this for me? Everyone says no. There's yeah. very few people that have the confidence to get on there. And what is everyone, like even Daniel, Daniel's pretty good at it now, but- like the first time he takes the mics, he's just like, yeah. And this is James coming up for a squat. Like it's it's hard to just like be confident and. And it'd be hard to have your energy up here all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's um on that day that I thought I was. So I, I was so sick on Saturday Saturday night, Gidge. I think so. I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, it was Saturday. I was c- thinking who can ask to handle Angus. That's your, how sick I was. Your voice was fucked. Yeah, and I just realized I was so drained from emceeing. Yeah. So I wasn't actually sick because I woke up the next day I was like, oh, I'm sweet. Your voice, yeah. your throat yeah, gets yeah, yeah. so sore at the end of the mm. day. It, yeah, it's hard. It's real hard for sure. One thing I try and do heaps on the mic is just I look in the crowd and I'm like, these are just all people's parents and mums and dads. They have no idea what's going on. Mm. So I try and just keep saying the rules. I of love how, how you do yeah. that. You're yeah. really good at that. It's really, really That's literally what I was saying. A lot of MCs forget that people aren't powerlifters in the crowd mm. yeah. and just explaining, oh, and Bench, you need these three calls or like just, yeah, the, those are all assumptions we make. Yeah. yeah. Josh, like, it's hard to do though because you feel a bit dumb. Yeah. Like it, I mean, you don't feel dumb, but you just feel like it's not necessary, but it really is. It mm. is, because I, like being head ref, like you were saying before, I would hear people in the crowd, someone would get a squat and then they'd get red lights. They'd be like, oh, why didn't they get that? What was wrong with it? And then yeah. you'd chime in and talk about depth, and I'm like, perfect timing. Yeah. Mm. Um, All right, we've been rambling us. on enough. Mm. Thanks again, everyone who, who made the weekend possible. Like, I, I really feel like... We don't deserve it sometimes. And I know we do, but like that's what it feels like. And I just feel so grateful that people really work hard to make these things happen. So thank you. Thank you nice. guys. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more. Thank you.